Devin, do you know how long we've been recording this podcast for? Like, the the moment since we started, or like how long we've been posting episodes? No, like how long we've been, like from between when we started recording and today. How long? Do you know how long it's been? Um, my thing says 34, 35, 36. <laughs> no, I mean, like two years. Like two years we've been doing this podcast. Um, and did you know that uh, during those two years, um, at the end of every episode, I've been saying our theme music is by Kyle Alicia, whose work you can find at therealragnarok.bandcamp.com. Only I discovered this last week um, that Kyle Alicia's music you cannot find at therealragnarok.bandcamp.com. At some non-specific point during that time, it moved and can now be found at hollowrib.bandcamp.com. At the end of every episode, for God knows how long, I have been inaccurately claiming that you can find it at therealragnarok.bandcamp.com. And there's no way to go back and fix it all. So now there's like a hundred episodes out there um, of me saying the wrong place to find the musician who did our theme music music out there. Well, gosh, golly gee willikers. That would be... Oh, I was trying to do a moral oral and then I realized it was bad. That would be embarrassing if we had more than like 12 listens an episode. <laughs> I assume that if we had more than 12 listens an episode, someone would have discovered that and gotten back to it. That's how I discovered it, is that somebody tried clicking the link that we have on our podcast page, and it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and they went, hey, uh, is this actually where you find your your musician's music? And I had to like Google it to try and dig up where the actual source of the music was. Anyway, Sorry, Kyle. Um, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> We'll be crediting you correctly from now on, except not for next week's episode because we recorded them out of order and I didn't know yet when we recorded next week's episode. So this week and for all future weeks, you can be assured that you can find the theme music at hollowrib.bandcamp.com. Sorry, Kyle. Oh, the music How many episodes what? do you think we opened by saying sorry? Oh, a lot. A lot of them. <laughs> we apologize a lot on this podcast. We have a lot to apologize for. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, the show is original podcast, Do Not Steal, a podcast where every week, Amber Autumn and I discuss a certain topic at length and create an original character within that space. I like that every single week you say Amber and Autumn and I. Do it I really, do that? It makes me feel like I'm outnumbering you. <laughs> this is uh, this the week we are talking about the View Universe. Um... Uh, so the Viewisk Universe is a um, it's a series of movies by Kevin Smith, uh, all set in the same cinematic universe, um, starting with Clerks um, and proceeding through like eight other movies. Like I think it's a total of eight movies, um, nine if you count that one animated one. But I haven't seen it and don't. Um, uh, and I, I I've seen all of them. I don't actually know where you are on the on the Viewisk Universe. Okay, question. Did you mean animated series? No, I I mean there, there so there is a Clerks animated series. Um but there's also like an animated Jay and Silent Bob thing, I think. Huh. All right, haven't seen that. Where am I on the Viewers universe? Uh, Jay I'm and seeing... Silent Bob's Super Groovy Cartoon Movie 2013. I'm not seeing that shit. So anyways, I've seen Clerks <laughs> 1 and 2, Jay and uh -huh. Silent Bob Strike Back, Dogma is Chasing Amy the one where 
Matt, Brad, Dan, fucking, who's the one who's not Matt Damon? <laughs> yes, um, uh, it is the one where Ben Affleck yeah, ben tries Affleck. to date a woman, but she's a lesbian, and he tries to convert her. Yeah, movie, better than people, like, there's a lot of misunderstanding about that movie. I, I can talk about for that sure. one for yeah. a bit. Um Clark's the Actually, animated series, yeah. probably one of my favorite entries. <laughs> oh, really? I, I I love Clark's the animated series. I've seen all eight movies, but I have not seen the series. So you're actually going to be able to fill in my my knowledge gaps there. All right, cool. Uh, I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and it is one of the most unapproachable films ever made because it requires you to be like such a fan of Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> like a fan of his like spoken word shows, his podcast, his commentary tracks to get half the fucking jokes in that fucking movie. Yeah, I, I sort of love that about it. I I'm not that much of a fan of Ke- Kevin Smith. Like I like I basically like all of the almost all of the the VSQ universe movies. I like most of the Kevin Smith stuff that I have seen and I have some pretty I think nuanced arguments for why even some of the quote unquote bad ones in the series are good. Um like we're going to talk about Chasing Amy in just a minute. Um but I I think that one of the main keys to understanding the VSQ universe to me um is is in a different Kevin Smith movie. It's in Tusk. Um, which is also a a pretty maligned film. It's like a horror can movie. I, um, can I can I take your take away yeah. from you? Yes, because please I, take my take away from me. <laughs> because I was talking to someone about Tusk, and I was like, no, no, no. My favorite Tusk take of all time was when Amber and I were talking about it, and she was like, no, 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 Devin, you don't get it. When you listen to Kevin Smith's podcast and he's joking about the dumbest horror movie of all time with his friends and everyone is laughing. It's a great time. Yeah. I, I, (laughs) it's, it's, this is so central to the themes of, of, of clerks Two. I think clerks Two for me is like the center of the entire viewisk universe where like the entire conceit of clerks Two is the two clerks are getting tired of their job. Um, and they want to, like, move on to bigger and better things. And then in the end, um, uh, the, like, quote-unquote bigger and better things that they're striving for aren't actually about, like, the things that they want. It's about the things that they've been told that they're supposed to want. And the whole movie is basically this huge middle finger to, like, the idea of success as it conventionally exists. Um, and a plea to um, approach life and art not through the lens of what you're supposed to want out of it, but through the lens of what you do want out of it. There's ambient noise coming from outside of my window, and I'm taking a long, awkward pause in order to wait until all these motorcycles pass. Mother, mother, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck, fuck. Mother, fuck, mother, fuck. Noise, noise, noise. One, two. One, two, three, four. Dun, dun, dun. Smoking weed, smoking weed. Rolling fatty, smoking blunts. Who smokes blunts? We smoke blunts. Hey, yo, can I get a dime back? Oh, 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, oh. My jungle love. Oh, oh, we, oh, we, oh. I think I wanna know, you know. Yo, what type of gay shit is that? Gay shit? That's the motherfucking times. <laughs> then that's where it cuts off it's something something and this is my heterosexual life mate silent bob respect 
And we're going to have to decide how much of that's a cut and how much of that's a leave-in, given that it's a kind of in an awkward spot of the episode. <laughs> Shout out but to the, us in the future editing. <laughs> the the and and when when you let when you look at the the film series through that lens, like suddenly like the fact that it a lot of it isn't conventionally good starts to not matter anymore because Jay and Silent Bob reboot isn't about creating a work of art that's going to resonate with a mass audience. It's about creating a work of art that's going to resonate with a particular group of people that we are allowed to glimpse into. You get to see the fan film of a group of friends. Like, there's a moment in the in the credits in of Clerks 3 where they plug Jason Mule's podcast. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 not about necessarily so much the content of the films themselves needing to be good, although sometimes I think they are good. The the main value that I get out of most of the Viewisk universe is about a sense that it's very personal and 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 tight knit and it it resonates with the 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 sense of filmmaking that got me excited to make movies when I like joined film school like it makes me think about that when I when I watch a lot of the Viewisk universe movies. Yeah, there's a charm and a charisma that can never be replicated that is just like true indie posted on youtube bullshit filmmaking of like me and a group of my friends are going to make a movie and fuck you we don't care if it makes money and like kevin smith is a successful filmmaker and there's a lot to say about like his history in the landscape and how he is like this embodiment of gen x sentimentality is in that generation before us fucking adore this man um but i think yeah he just captures that no fuck you i'm gonna make a movie for me and my friends and we're all gonna laugh and if anyone likes it along the way that's icing on the cake that is not the main goal he's like a little bit um, his personality can, I think, be somewhat uh, uh, abrasive sometimes as a public figure. Um, I definitely wouldn't name my daughter Harley Quinn personally, uh, and and so I don't like I don't listen to his podcasts or whatever, right? Um, but I, I can appreciate him as an as an artist, I guess. So um, anyway, the the Viewisk universe is a series of eight or so movies um, uh, set in New Jersey. Uh, each of which are kind of telling a different story. You know, there's a couple of movies that have sequels. Clerks is a proper trilogy within the the Viewisk universe. You have Clerks is the movie that 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 started all off. Clerks is like the most famous movie that Kevin Smith has ever done, and easily um, his most critically appreciated. Um, uh, the story of like these two Gen X slackers working at a convenience store and video store, fucking around and causing problems for all of their customers. And they made two sequels, and neither of them were as critically well-received because they're kind of doing a different thing and they're not as artsy. Um, uh, and some of the movies in the Viewisk universe stick to that same sort of, like, level of of the fantastical, right? Some of them stick to being pretty grounded. Chasing Amy is a very grounded movie. Nothing really fantastical happens in it whatsoever. Um, but then some of the movies, you have these, like, insane, ridiculous, campy things happening. There's a pretty wide tonal variance within the set of things that are all contained within the same universe, right? Like, like, like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, everything has the same tone, right? Like, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but, like, 
like, but you've listened no to our episode like, we did about the TV shows and why I like missed yeah. the Netflix series because he used to do a different tone because yeah. the universe encompasses different things. Within the viewers' universe, you can have chasing Amy, right, which is just a grounded character relationship drama. You can also have dogma, where a shit demon pops up and Kevin Smith falls out of the sky because he's an angel and fucking Severus Snape shows up and he's the voice of God and he's got no dick. Um, also, Alanis Morissette plays God in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great gag. Dogma's one of my favorite Kevin Smith films. Dogma's also really well appreciated. I think you're not alone in that. Dogma is... People like Dogma because it because it's a good movie. Shout out Dogma. And just real quick, uh, I got history with Dogma, and it was like the first time I saw uh, Selma Hayek T-80s. And I was like, oh my god, she's an angel. And that exact thought of, oh my god, she an angel, bro, has never left. Love you, Selma Hayek. Shout out to so our true, Mrs. Frankenstein. <laughs> There's, I think this really interesting thing that happens in in the course of the Viewisk universe where... So, uh, Clerks came out in 1994. It's a 1994 film. Um, and Clerks 3, which is the most recent film in the franchise... Uh, it came out in 2022. It came out last year. Uh, like, that's a, a span of, like, almost 30 years. Um, and all of the people who are involved age a lot over the course of it. And they are, like, very personal movies. Even, like, the silly ones. Um, like, even Jay and Silent Bob reboot is, like, personal. But, like, like I think especially the Clerks movies are, are very personal and very autobiographical. Or, like, they at least have the sense of being autobiographical. Um, Clerks 3 is a movie where one of the characters um, has a heart attack and, like, decides to make a movie, make Clerks, basically. He decides to make Clerks as, like, a response to, um, like, coping with his own mortality. And it's so meta. (laughs) But, like, also, like, that's a movie that's coming from a filmmaker where Kevin Smith famously like, had a heart attack and had, like, this huge surgery and, like, it changed his life in this huge way. And then a few years later, this movie comes out that's, like, obviously about that. So it's like a it's like a movie where you can see, like, the filmmakers going from being young people working in a video store and feeling disaffected through, like, Jay and Silent Bob reboot being about parenthood and about Kevin Smith talking through his feelings about being a father and like clerks three being like an encounter with mortality. And like, you can see them going through their different phases of their lives. The people who are working on the movies, um, which I think makes it a really interesting document. I don't know. I, that, that's, so that's a couple of things about the, the viewisk universe. Do we want to, do we want to talk about chasing Amy a little bit specifically and then get into character creation stuff? Yeah, I feel like that's, oddly enough, the one we have (laughs) the most to say about. So the thing about Chasing Amy is the specific, like you said, a lot of these are autobiographical. They come from a very specific person and that person's very specific experiences and views. And where Chasing Amy comes from is the fact that, like, Kevin Smith found out his girlfriend, like, had had way more sex than him. And him, despite his, like liberal leanings and more like you know progressive views towards sex like was taken aback on it was like oh my girlfriend's a whore and he's like wait a minute what what's happening i need to examine this and the thing about chasing amy is that not matt damon 
ruins his most important ben personal. <laughs> yeah, Ben. <laughs> I totally understand why you would confuse them. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, they are both in this franchise. They're the two main characters in Dogma. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are both are both essential figures in the Viewisk universe. They're just Ben Affleck joined... actually plays more than one role. They're just joined at the fucking hip, man. I just, like, they're full of the fucking, you like apples? How about damn apples? Uh, and to tie everything back to South Park, the episode season as 12. As you always epi- do. Season 12, episode 3, going native. Ah, the one where all of the bunny shippers are eating good because it's the time where Butters confirms that Kenny is one of the few people in school he respects. Uh, but the bit is that Butters is very angry that whole episode, and I'm constantly disappointed by the reason why. But the reveal is he's angry because, fuck, I forgot his name again. I was about to say not Matt <laughs> Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Butters is mad <laughs> that Ben Affleck is like a great writer, director, actor, and he's married to fucking <laughs> Jennifer Lopez at the time. But I was fucking fuck. It keeps happening. <laughs> ben Affleck. This is so funny to me. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Fucking Ben Affleck character destroys the two most important relationships in his life because he cannot get over the fact that this woman has a sexual identity that existed before him. He is both protagonist and villain of the movie, and the movie is aware of it. I think, yeah, it's it's a movie that definitely, like, you can you can tell it was made by straight people and told from a straight perspective um and like it is in some ways capital p problematic it's also like a work of queer art that has meant a lot of things to a lot of people and isn't like trying to be a like encompassing manifesto on queer identity you know it it it's about the things that we do for love and the things that we give up for love and the things that and and yeah i think about the the way that having hangups about prior sexual history can affect our relationships. It's problematic. I also love it very much. It's, it's, I think it's a great movie full stop. And especially the final monologue that Silent Bob gives him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's pro shout out your problematic faves. Look, we're going to do the, but I'm a cheerleader episode and I love that movie, but there are places in which it fails because like, you know, art, like, art doesn't exist to be, like, perfect and stuff. And people who say that it is uh, kind of, like, uh, miss the point of, like, art and that it's a thing that, like, affects you emotionally. And that's allowed to be, like, complicated because feelings are also, There's definitely like, complicated. some places that I think that uh, it, it could have been improved. I think that they could have left the racial slurs conversation out of Clerks 2, for example. And I love Clerks 2. Um, uh... <laughs> We can we can say both that that's that the movie is no, great fuck and you, that, that conversation should be <laughs> okay, I love I mean, no, never mind you're in charge of no, that conversation. No, no, there, there there there's so much of like Kevin Smith's like history and filmography that you can go down to like is it his place to have this conversation and you know Coonskin. Ralph Bashke, is it his place to make this movie? I would argue no. Uh, that being said, when Randall says, yo, I'm taking it back, and writes Porch Monkey for Life on the back of his shirt, <laughs> I chuckle every time. Because <laughs> Randall's a dipshit. 
dumb as hell and the movie wants you to laugh at him about it. <laughs> it's just... It's just so that, when the black family notices it goes, yo, what the fuck? I feel like... Like, if you if you haven't seen movies in the Viewsk universe, then probably listening to us talk about this, you're very confused about what the movies are like because we're oscillating very wildly between like talking about like meaningful themes and um this bullshit um and the answer is yeah it is confusing like that yeah no like dogma is a movie about a man grappling with the larger questions of what does faith mean to me and it is also a movie where a shit demon is defeated by Silent Bob spraying him with a spray that says stink be gone. And like that is kind of the whole universe. It can be all of the things. Who is Silent Bob? Great questions. There's a few recurring characters um, in the VUSQ universe that can maybe help us try to understand what kind of characters um, exist recurringly because it can be any tone is a pretty broad place to start. So let's look at the characters of staying power. Um, there's obviously the core cast of clerks who are these um, disaffected Gen X dipshits who slowly grow into parenthood and responsibility. And yeah, I think actually a lot of their arc is, is about responsibility and, and what it means to have that. Um, and But like arguably the two like main actual characters of the Viewisk universe such as it can be said to have any, are, of course, Jay and Silent Bob, um, who are uh, the two characters who show up in every single Viewisk Universe movie, um, and also in Scream 3, for some reason. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) They show up in Scream 3 is so out of place, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, Scream 3 is appropriately meta enough, I guess, but it's it's very jarring every time it happens. I, like, always forget that they're in it, and then I watch it, and then they show up, and it completely takes me out of it. Um, uh, but Jay and Silent Bob, um, Silent Bob played by Kevin Smith himself, and uh, Jay played by Jason Mewes, um, are these originally two stoner dudes who hang out outside of the video store from Clerks, um, and then they reappear in every single Viewisk Universe movie, either as uh, doofy side characters who get to provide comic relief, um, uh, hetero life mate energy, you know? Like the two bros who are just absolutely the biggest bros and they're in-fucking-separable because um, they both love weed so much, basically. And are, are kind of dipshits, but in a lovable way. Or occasionally, um, they get to be the main characters, uh, usually in the movies that are the bad ones. Do you know Jay and Silent Bob were in Degrassi, The Next Generation? What the fuck are you talking- what? Because when you were like there in Scream 3, I was like, I feel like they've been in other things, so I wanted to check out their Wikipedia real quick, and in other appearances, there's Degrassi, Yes Dear, The Flash, and the 200th episode of Impractical Jokers. Why the fuck were they in The Flash? (laughs) Jay and Silent Bob made a brief appearance in one panel of Green Arrow Volume 3, because that's when- (laughs) Kevin Smith was writing Green Arrow. Tommy Westfall fans having a field day over here. <laughs> they also appear in the Star Wars Infinite comic, Tag and Blink. I mean, who doesn't love Jay and Silent Bob? <laughs> I love it when they show up and stuff. It's always dumb. It doesn't ever make any sense. And that's one of the things I like about it. 
Uh, shout out Jay and Silent Bob. Who are other characters in the Skewtiverse? There's everyone played by my name is Earl, Kevin Smith's son. Jason Lee? He, Jason Lee. He played Syndrome. He shows up in a lot of USKU things. He played. He uh, does, but like very inconsistently about which character he is. He's played like he shows up in like every single movie, and he's playing a different guy every time, which is, I think, delightful. The he MCU played the same could guy never. In, he played the same guy in Mallrats that he played in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But other than that, it's something different every time. He was the de- demon who wanted the world to reboot in Dogma, who was originally a muse. He's... Fuck, it's happening again, Matt. Did... Brad, fucking Christ, Ben Affleck. He was uh, he was Ben Affleck's best friend in Chasing Amy, and he played someone in Clerks the Animated Series. Chris Rock shows up a couple times. George Carlin shows up a couple of times, like more than one George Carlin appearance. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the remaining um uh, recurring character um is uh Millie, who's uh. Jay has a kid, basically, it turns out. That's what Jay and Silent Bob reboot is. And she's played by Kevin Smith's daughter. Um, and she recurs again in, in Clerks 3. Um, and she's, like, the... I guess the, the, the Gen Z counterpart to the Clerks shtick, sort of. Um, what What does Clerks look like when there are new, younger people involved? Is Zack and Mary make a porno part of the Viewisk universe? Um, I think the deal with that is formally no, but like one of the characters from Zack and Mary later got added to the Viewisk universe because canon is an abyss. Huh. Alright, so what places would you like to make a character in this wacky universe about responsibility that is... <laughs> hyper specifically linked to one man's life well let's (laughs) it's a high challenge i feel out to it i think that the first place that we look is on our list of vodka gorbalski's uh dumbass objects oh wait oh shit i'm looking at them and i'm immediately like every single one of these could work (laughs) every single there's not a single one of these that wouldn't make sense in a viewisk universe a gun? Yeah, absolutely. A baggie of fentanyl? Deadly? Sure. A velociraptor? Fuck it. The uh, An actual hair from the actual head of actual Jesus Christ? That's a pretty good one. The last tier of the last unicorn. Any of them. Any of anything goes. Particularly so, if that, you make an animated Clerks character. That makes me think maybe we choose one that feels like it would be really hard to fit into another character. Like, we pick whichever one is the most difficult, and that one becomes the prompt for our Viewisk Universe character. Alright, fuck it. Let me look over this list real quick. Fuck it. Frickin' sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their frickin' forehead. Yeah, that would be the hardest one, wouldn't it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're so right now that I'm looking at these and I'm like, yeah, every every single every, one of these makes every sense. Every single one of these would work. So we've been both, you know, loose with this, like 
the silver bullet was more of like a silver bullet's story affect, right? And we've been really literal with it. Like the mall katana was literally a mall katana. How, like, are we allowed to be like, okay, freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their head? This character, I'm like, in desperate the show. to hear how you're gonna interpret that metaphorically. <laughs> I like the 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 more metaphorical aspect of it is you're acknowledging that like half of clerks is people bullshitting about movies in the way that you bullshit about movies with your friends and so this is a character who is aware that the thing he has is an Austin Power reference maybe this is like merch that they own and not a literal shark with a literal laser beam attached to its literal freaking head Okay this absolutely works i actually love i was i was super unconvinced i was sitting there for a minute like i think actually all of these work except for freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking foreheads but i think i'm actually now being convinced because yes you could absolutely have a clerk's character um who is really into the austin powers movies and then maybe the other characters like make fun of him about it or the references go over their heads or something yeah, I think the fact that it is a movie reference makes it work here. And I I could imagine either this character having merchandise or uh, this character, you know, you do the tusk thing where they are in fact some kind of mad fucking scientist and they are in fact equipping laser beams to the shark to the foreheads of some sharks. It's so hard to be like, well, I feel like one is more true because as we've discussed, it, fuck, what does it mean to be true to this universe? Anything, anything goes, there are no rules here. So I guess the question really is, do we want to be making a comic relief character? Um, Because that implies to me literally putting lasers on sharks' foreheads. Or... Do we want to be making more of a character that we end up feeling pathos for? Because that implies sad nerd doing merchandise, kind of like an Elias from Clerks 2 situation. Yeah, I was really thinking Elias from Clerks 2. I think that It really is Elias energy, right? Yeah, it's a it's big Elias energy. It's a fucking Randall be asshole, say movie character like bad, character throw up, because Randall douchebag. Um <laughs> I will just say, because I, I don't want to go down the mad scientist route, but it's funny if the mad scientist is Seth Green, also, comma, because I don't, I think Seth Green doesn't get enough work. So I, I think I, I agree that the, the more interesting route here is the sad nerd thing. We don't just want to repeat Elias, right? We want to be doing something a, a little bit different. Um, and so I'm wondering if maybe this is a character who randall like tries to bully but who is so self-assured that it like doesn't work and we kind of get to see randall humbled because our character likes something patently uncool and is very invested in the uncool thing and randall trying to make them feel like shit about liking the uncool thing just doesn't rattle them and the fact that randall can't rattle them rattles randall yeah i don't think randall could handle like sincerely 
loving something that is bad, right? Like, I remember when you tweeted, I've been friends with Justin for too long to have guilty pleasure music. That's what this guy's about. He's like, no, fuck you. You know, it's good because I like it. And then that, like, it gets to fit into, like, the themes of, like, of Clerks 2, of doing the thing that you love irrespective of, like, society's ideas of what success looks like. And we get to see Randall like reckon with that in a way that Dante really reckoned with it in Clerks 2. Yeah. And also, the Austin Powers movies are funny. Fuck you, Randall. <laughs> I think that the Austin Powers movies have a success rate of about 50% on their <laughs> jokes. I think about 50% of the jokes are funny. That's what I think about Austin Powers. <laughs> I think it's 50% except for the last one that is just bad. The bit where um, uh, Austin says, ah, well, thank God those bloody capitalists got what's coming to them. And then Basil <laughs> says, we won. <laughs> That's a funny joke. I, the bit uh... where Dr. Evil tries to give his son a hug. That's not that funny of a joke. I always chuckle at the bit where austin is like peeing more than you think you would because he's been frozen for so long it's that first morning pee <laughs> it's a pretty good joke uh, austin powers episode when um i think that was it i think we just we just did it that was our austin <laughs> powers episode <laughs> just sandwiched inside of the vegas universe episode i think that's where everybody expected that to go right yeah we, we dropped the <laughs> We dropped the freaking sharks with freaking lasers in the first episode of the season, and everybody was like, I bet that'll be the Viewisk universe. <laughs> Shout out to season two, opening with absolutely not a banger. <laughs> so, okay. We know our character loves Austin Powers. We know that they love Austin Powers unashamedly. We also know that they are... Somewhere where Randall would have access to. So probably, like, working at the quick stop, right? Is We're probably making a quick stop employee. Um, so our character is probably, I would guess, what, younger than Randall? And maybe has this job as, like, a summer thing or a part-time thing? What do we need to know about this character? Hmm. Well, we need to know stuff outside of just the, like, Austin Powers and or, like, the... Sp like... Is it just movie make laugh and that's it? Do they have like a deeper emotional? Like it's fine if it's just movie make laugh and that's it. Fuck you, Randall. But is there something we could find deeper? I think then also figuring out like who they are outside of this one specific trait we've given them because uh, while this trait does tie into the themes of the movie and add something to Viewers Universe, a trait is not a character. And then, you know, right. this classic like uh, vibe name who are they fucking but we'll get to that and i ship it so let me let me let me pitch you this as a derivation from they like austin powers i think that their emotional connection to austin powers is not deeper than thing make me laugh and i think from that we can assume that our character um goes outside I think our character is not like a like a movies person. Our character isn't a nerd. They don't know about Star Wars. They um, have like maybe seen a couple of MCU movies, but like don't really like don't really go in for that whole thing, you know. 
uh, uh, but they like Austin Powers because they watched it and they're a fan of it. Yeah, you know, there's the scene where Randall's, like, listing off movies and facts and shit. And he's like, you don't know all this stuff? And our character goes, no, motherfucker. And you knowing that stuff seems to have made you miserable. Touch grass. Boom. Headshot. Double fingers. I think... I think let's go one step further. And our character, like... They don't even respond to Randall with, like... That seems to have made you miserable. I win. I think they respond to it with like, oh, are you okay? Do you need anything, buddy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think our character is nicer than Randall. An and unironic Randall can't rub off bro. on them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like not a trying to get under your skin, you mad bro. Like, a, oh, are you okay? Yeah, like a genuine, like, hey, man, do you want a drink? Yeah, Randall's going off on like the big thing. They're like, hey, like a trick to work is if you like, pop the lid on a on a product we have to throw it out so you can get it for free so like do you you want a soda man you seem you seem hot i think our character almost wants to be like like because it's the viewisk universe almost like a caricature of normal people like i think our character does yoga and drinks health drinks on the job you know you know, you know, you know what this is leaning towards. What this is like making me think of. Do you remember that college humor skit, uh, "Defender of the Basic"? No. Okay, so it was this bit where it was just this girl who was like, "I like most of the Marvel movies. I enjoy Pumpkin Spice." And Allie and I want to say Keith we're like ragging on her for being normal and then brendan comes out as a literal knight and like the sigil on his chest is a <laughs> pumpkin spice latte <laughs> and he's like i am the defender of all things basic yeah i actually kind of think <laughs> that that's maybe a direction to go is that our character like uses instagram and is like it feels like we're leading towards being like a basic white woman is sort of the the vibe yeah, um, just that bit where it's like, but all the Marvel movies are the same. So are sunsets and rainbows. <laughs> Do you scoff at those, ye cynic? And then, like, the audience is prepped for the characters to make fun of her. And so when it doesn't work, from thence the subversion. There we go. It's truly an amber episode we talk about subverting audiences expectations it's the only thing i ever want to do <laughs> <laughs> and okay so um a, a follow-up is that on the the prompt list she has freaking sharks with freaking lasers attached to their freaking foreheads so that also to me says that she has made such an object she like has sewn her own plush or a backpack maybe that she carries around with her oh i prefer if it's a back it's a, a diy etsy backpack it's a, absolutely a diy etsy backpack she has like a diy etsy store that she maintains where she makes like custom jewelry and stuff on it and sometimes she works on it in the shop right yeah yeah she's coming together i feel like we need one more twist on her still Hmm. It's tough because we've made we've defined her already as being um uh, very basic and normal, um. But you know, uh, normal people are interesting once you uh, get to know them. Yeah. So this is like a summer job, and we're doing with someone who does like 
DIY arts and crafts, I imagine that they have aspirations outside of the quick stop. Where do you think, like, this strikes me as someone who's about to go to college. What do you think their major's about to be? You went to a college. I did. You I know, went to college. I went people. to a college. <laughs> um... All of my friends in college were theater kids or music kids, but it doesn't seem to me that she would be a theater kid because she has this very uncritical approach to media and art. I think she wants to be a teacher. Oh, that's cute. And then you get to, like, see her interacting with kids in the shop, and she's, like, really good with them, and Randall's really bad with them, and probably Dante's bad with them. Everyone in the store is bad for them except for her. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, you know she's good with kids because she has to deal with Randall all day, who is a giant man-baby. <laughs> and then she, like, talks to Randall as though he's a child, because he, like, sort of is. <laughs> yeah! And there's so much comedy you can mine from that. What's her name? Paige. You know what? Yeah. Paige. I feel like we haven't had a, a P name in a while. <laughs> Did you keep track? Not really. I I try to notice if this one feels more similar to another one we've had, and I don't feel like we've... The last P one I remember is Princess Penelope, and that's that's all the way back in season one. What is her vibe? Does she, like, add some of her own patches onto her quick stop uniform? Does she have a lot of pins? Is she into pin collecting? Well, we know she DIYs her own crafts and jewelry and stuff so i think that it makes sense i think i think pins i don't necessarily buy as much but i totally buy like embroidering her own designs into the quick stop uniform to like make it more um uh, visually interesting or colorful or add little patterns to it and there's definitely a a moment where i can't pull any off the top of my head but they do that thing. Okay, no, it's this thing from Persona 5 where you use, like, a curse and you see a, a doll made of straw and a nail go into it. And then I watched a Japanese horror film and I saw that doll made of straw with the nail in it. And I was like, oh, just like in my Japanese animes! Where Randall goes like, hey, that's the thing from the thing! And she's like, no, what? This is like a, this is like a real world thing. It exists outside of, like, Marvel. And Randall's like, what? About... About wit about what? I don't know, just something she has where it's like okay. a real world thing that shows up in a lot of media, and then you'd be like, "Wait, that's real? That is this outside my movies? Oh my god! Do I know thing? I don't know thing. I'm stupid. See, I'm sitting pretty solid with Paige. How are you feeling? I'm trying to figure out what this thing is that she has this real life. The first thing that's coming to my mind is not a thing she has on her person. The first thing that comes to mind is she's like, I don't know why this would come up, but like in some instance, I imagine uh, we could you could do a bit where she like talks about stormtroopers and Randall assumes that she's talking about Star Wars and she goes, no, stormtroopers. Like, not what? I haven't watched those movies. <laughs> and when Randall goes, wait, wait, there, there's, there's, there are things outside of the movies. <laughs> Well, that does make her perfect for 
uh, OC we made because uh, shout out to season one where we never stopped talking about Nazis and or bringing Bring it up back the to fact that. That, we, that we never stopped talking about Nazis even though there were honestly like... <laughs> more bringing up the fact that we wouldn't talk about we kept talking about it than we, we did talking about it at some point. <laughs> Branding. Are we ready for a, fa- a fun fact a piece about our 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 basic BFF page? Well, you see, we would be, Amber, but first, we have to know. <gasps> You're so right. Uh, uh, this character, is, uh, uh, I'm adding in the p- sound and post. Dude, what the f***? In Yowie Art, the semi, or top, is usually dominating the UK, or bottom. It was fun! Their relationship is cute, damn it! <laughs> I ship that! By the way, Amber, now that you finally added in an episode, what do you think of the sound? How do you, how do you I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you put South Park in the fucking sound effect. Every episode, we have a South Park. Oh, uh, that wasn't even planned. That wasn't even... That wasn't even, I had no idea the season two recurring bit was going to be I bring everything back to South Park. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy with that Season one, it was the Nazis. Season two, it's South Park. (laughs) Brands, baby. Recognize it. So anyways, I Ship It is the segment wherein we talk about a character's sexual identity, their sexuality, who and who they do not want to kiss, how they kiss, and also who we might ship them with or who we feel the fan base at large would ship them with. So Amber, do you have any thoughts that immediately stick out? How do normies be fucking? I think Paige is straight, but I don't think the fans need to necessarily treat her as straight on AO3, you know? That's why fan fiction exists to be like, what if character gay? Yeah. What what if Ron and Harry do a smooch? Yeah, I think... The trick is that the only... The only character who would be around her age, who's a woman who's in the franchise, basically, is Jay's daughter, um, so as, like, the only eligible character, I think that's who the, the fix would get written about her with. Yeah, I think in canon, she's probably straight. Yeah, straight, likes missionary. Uh, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with missionary. Good for her. There's nothing wrong with missionary. Missionary gets the job. You know what? Uh, fuck, y- y'all ever fuck missionary and not come? You can look in each other's eyes and shit. You can it's look all romantic. <laughs> I think to zhuzh it up, spice it up a little bit, I think this character is very, like, sex forward and sex positive, but is also just very, like, yeah, missionary. Who? Hot and heavy for me. And I love it. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it comes up in conversation with Randall. Like, she'll say something, like, sex forward, and he'll, like, try to make a joke out of it. And she's, like, she, like, doesn't get it at all because it's not funny to her because she's normal about sex. <laughs> and she likes missionary. I, you know what I really man, I'm I I keep coming back to like I don't think we've had like a, a C character. But what I really like about this character specifically is it's so hard to make a straight man endearing because a straight man like for most screenwriters equal boring. I'm flashing up fucking not to boldly flee. What the fuck was demo reel, right? Malcolm is so fucking boring in demo reel, but she- but Paige is fun. <laughs> Paige is fun because she makes the biggest shit heel not know what to do with himself, and that makes me smile. It's 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 easier to make a compelling 
a straight man character when your fool characters are just so when you're given such good fools to work with. So thanks for that, Kevin Smith. You did us a real solid. Thanks, Kevin, for uh, the personal favor that you did for us. Thanks for listening to the podcast, <laughs> doing us that per- solid back in 1994. <laughs> personal, personal friend of the pod. Can't wait. Uh, we're we're gonna be on your podcast. We'll talk about I don't know. Um... Uh, that bit you had where it's like, I'm so lazy, I want Jason Muse to, like, uh, hold my hips and fuck my wife for me. It was funny. <laughs> it is funny. Well, uh, um, uh, fun fact of peace now. All right, fun fact of peace. I think that Paige introduces the idea to the other two that they should have music playing in the quick stop. She like She's like, I can put on a playlist. Um, and... Randall tries to stop her from putting on a playlist because he just like assumes that he's gonna hate whatever music that she puts on, and she goes, "Oh, okay, that's okay. You can put on whatever music you want. Um, I just think we should have something to spice up the place." Um, and then uh, it like triggers this like existential panic in Randall as he tries to uh, grapple with like presenting his music to other people and and not having it be like a competition. <laughs> <laughs> What's the opposite of irony poison? She's just sincerity poisoning Randall the whole movie. I think it's a big build up where he's just like keeps assuming what she's listening to and we never find out what she's listening to. <laughs> she's got her music. She loves her music. We never know what the music is. I think Paige, here's my fun fact, is Muslim. Good for her. Good for Paige. Shout Good out to her. Allah. Well, that's an episode. Do I do the closing sure bit first, or do you do the closing bit first? I, I always been forget. trading off pretty indiscriminately. Um, thank you for listening. Um, my name has been Amber Autumn. She, her, and I've been Prince Devin. He, him. Our theme music is by Kyle Alicia, whose music you can find at hollowrib.bandcamp.com. We promise this link actually works. <laughs> We're so sorry. Um, thank you for listening. Be sure to give us a like, give us a comment, rate us out of five stars, and don't forget to head over to our merch stores where we, we will be selling um, bombs labeled Stink Be Gone on them. And speaking of bombs, Amber's going to <laughs> try what? and huh? fail to what? get us to talk about Gem and the Holograms next week because we're going to be talking about Crown of Candy, a revisit episode for one of my favorite shows to ever exist. And we're going to have a special guest. Shout out to Kay, cosplayer extraordinaire. We already recorded this one. It's a good one. Um, uh, we used another one of the really difficult uh, checkouts items. So be, be, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, okay. that's right. Snoochie boochie. Snooch to the motherfucking news.